developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Recorded live. Hey, this is the Softball Zone Radio Show. We're about getting ready to wrap up the regular season of Travel Ball season. And as far as radio shows going, this will be the next to the last regular broadcast. But we do plan on bringing a monthly broadcast uh, until around March. I think March, just when we usually kick the season back off around that time or around when colleagues yeah. are looking at this. Yeah, around the end of February, I was going to say. Yeah, I was looking at the numbers today and trying to to get a little bit of an idea uh, about the right time to kick it off. It seems like March is about perfectly right uh, uh, time around the end of February, and I was just looking at the numbers. Actually, kind of interesting this year that um, you know we spent more time doing championship games and stuff this year, and uh, we ended up having just a little bit more listeners on the championship game than we did all together last year. So then we're kind of interesting and funky numbers to look at that kind of wonder why the numbers are like that. And I'm going to have to, I mean, me personally, I think Jeff, I'm going to have to look at as far as the broadcasting part. Part of the problem was uh, the fact that no one could really hardly listen to the show at Oroville because every phone line up there was overloaded. And the second Mm -hmm. issue was the fact that we had a broadcast that we had to edit, edit at uh, uh, Niagara Falls. And, of course, that's the first time you and me had broadcast up there at Aunt Rosie's. I didn't really know what to expect. But, you know, since we've kind of done it now, I think we have a lot better idea, you know, and stuff like that, what, uh, you know, we need to look for next year. And, actually, I wanted to kick off the show kind of just real quick here, Jeff, you know, what you've been up to for the last week. <laughs> But I think you know I was uh I've been consumed with uh, moving. I uh I moved myself after five years uh living by myself. I I moved in with uh, a girlfriend and her, her two kids and two dogs and three cats and still kinda of getting uh, situated here. Pretty well moved in, just kinda of get my get my bearings straight, get used to uh um to uh you know, not being on my own here. So um one of the, one of the issues here is that it doesn't have great uh, uh, cell phone reception here, so I'm, I'm hoping I could. I won't have any issues with that, but if if so, I uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. I tell you what, I'll be honest with you. If you're coming in clearer than I've ever heard you before, okay, good. So you know, as far as like that goes, so you know, I mean, you know, I've been doing a lot of things. You know, we've been doing a lot of back end work on OSC. Uh, I'm really happy to announce that we now actually have four weeks of backups now, actually on two different hard drives. Uh, we're doing backups every Monday night. It's all automated. We're, all we have to do is go back, download the backup, and download it to the computers we want to keep them on. And we're actually downloading them to my computer here at home, and we're also downloading a copy um down to Charles, who is our IT guy, which you guys will hear a little bit more about him 
I'm sure, in the future because he's playing a major role uh, and going to be playing a major impact in what we're doing with the form and where we're going as we do some of these creative things that I've been wanting to do and have kind of put on hold. So uh, we're doing that. That's number one. So currently, you know, we got four backups. So he does and I do. And we'll have um, – we probably already have backups there. I haven't looked yet because it's been such a busy day that I can download. And another thing we're doing, we actually now have live monitoring on the site. And if any uh, malicious files or if somebody would post an inappropriate link, uh, that could take you to a site where you might have an issue or problem as far as viruses and stuff. We actually now have a monitoring system running on everything on the site so that we can make sure that none of our members or users ever have to worry about uh, getting anything like that on our site. There were like two so much key things that I really wanted to accomplish uh, before we moved over. Now, the exciting news, I need a big drum roll for this now. This is pretty exciting stuff. It only is because I truly can't believe I've done it myself, okay? Everybody told me it couldn't be done, okay, no one. There's no way you can do it. It can't be done. I have actually recovered the database from the crash, and I actually have it physically loaded on my machine at home. And uh, right now we're up to 2012 uh, on the database as far as, like, repaired and fixing everything and our goal is kind of like we're going to end up making like an archive uh, from the website and it might not actually physically be on the form and some of it might be but um, you know I was able to recover everything up to 6-9-2014 you know the site actually Christ on 6-9 or 6-8 I, I should say I recovered everything up to 6-7 because Believe it or not, the last po- the last post I was able to find in the database was from Oiler Pride posting about this. They make sure you get your votes in for the zero six oh nine one ten pools. So when I said yeah. because I was going through like trying to figure out how much of the database I'd actually recovered. Now. I've been doing this on my on the side here and there, trying to figure out how to recover. And I've had some technical advice uh, because it was such a big task. I couldn't really afford to pay somebody to do it. So I had technical advice from Charles. really helped me a lot explaining how to understand tables and databases and how everything works. So that part I'm really excited about. And the other thing is, you know, right now Charles is up to 2012. He's got everything from two, from back all the way 2012 recovered. Now, why this is important, because, of course, as everybody knows, one of the main things people look for in a form is content. They look for information. They're doing research on things. And that's what gets people to come to the forum. Is, you know, what I've said many times, you know, unless I'm out there peddling the place all the time, you know, we're, we don't have no growth. But one of the things that can help you from have to be out there every weekend or really out there all the time, 24-7 pushing, is to have the content on your site. So I think that's Pretty neat that an old goofy guy like me was able to get it done when everybody else said there's no way it could happen. So. Very good. It's great to hear on both. Great to hear in both respects, both in terms of recovering that data as well as uh, putting some monitoring in, in place on the site to you know protect both future crashes or any of the members uh, you know getting into malicious files. That's great. Great news. Yeah, you know, and that, like I said, you know, me. 
I couldn't believe it when I said Eureka. I couldn't believe it because I had already been told it couldn't be done. So I was like, uh-oh, I think I'm getting something accomplished here. And, you know, of course, the real test was to go through and try to find threads that actually would be in the database. And once you actually have a database loaded in a database environment, you can actually go in and look in between. Uh, I don't know exactly what we had when the site crashed, but I was able to recover 418,000 replies and 41,850 threads. And that's just about where we were at when it's like price, it was like around 422, maybe 430. Uh, I mean, I really thought that was going to be a year we was going to hit 500,000 replies. So, but anyway, yep, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I did something that what else thought could be done. I was told by many experts and people that there's no way you could ever do it. And like I said, sometimes, I'm telling you, sometimes, Jeff, I really believe this. You just really have to want to do something to get it done sometimes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know. Sure. So, so anyway, you know, a lot of news, man, you know, there's a lot of talk on the forum. And, you know, especially about, oh, you know what, before I go on, I want I want to back up a second. Because I, I got everything kind of listed in order how I wanted to go tonight. And I'm already getting ready to jump. I just want to let everybody know about a site that was developed. And I'm going to just talk a little bit about this briefly. Uh, me and Charles developed a site, and it's called Bucky. And um, what it is, it is a site where you can come and you can join and you can compete against other fans of, you know, football, Buckeyes. I just threw a link up there. And you can go there and register and become a user, and you can predict the outcome of the game uh, for Ohio State University. Now, what's really important about this is this. This is actually something that we're going to be using later in the forum uh, in order to, we can do, we can actually do like uh, rankings, pool rankings. I'm not talking like similar to how, well, Pride does it, but we can actually have a ranking where people can participate as long as they wanted to sign up to be a, a voting person. So we could actually have kind of like independent uh, rankings uh, from a group or pool of individuals. And there's a lot of more things you can do. You can actually do scores and stuff, which I'll be quite honest, I've kind of given up on really pushing for tournament directors to put scores in the site and, uh, and and stuff like that. So I'm kind of driving and moving another direction. Um, you know, I kind of said to myself, you know, I, I get tar- you know, you, you don't want to be, you know, in the parade trying to get people to, to get in a parade with you. You just want to make sure that the people get on a parade want to be there with you. So I'm just kind of to the point, like, you know, kind of giving up on that. So we're coming up with other things and stuff that we can do to help tournament directors want to do it. Number one thing is we'll be able to highlight the fact that if they want to put their stuff on the site, they'll be able to put it up there and it will be a sticky so everybody will know they're doing it. And I think that will get more recognition to determine directors and stuff that actually want to do it. Of course, you know, sites come along and, you know, different uh, organizations have their own site. They will develop the software where, you know, you basically will go, I'll tell you what, in the future, if you're playing in an ASA tournament, you will be able to go to an ASA site and you will be able to see this running scores of terms. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Let me make mm-hmm. make that really clear. You, no, I don't know when, but in a few years from now, you won't, you know, you won't, you go someplace that's going to happen. So, 
But anyway, so we developed this. So what we're doing basically is this. Uh, and we did actually, we had to fine-tune the rules a little bit and uh, stuff like that because we had a tie issue thing we had to address. But what we're doing basically, anybody that participates, uh, we're going to have a weekly winner. They're going to win a uh, they're going to win a, uh, a T-shirt, uh, and uh, the T-shirt will have the actual logo of the sign on it um, for Bucky's. And uh, we we're going to send that now. That's one part of it. The the season champion at Bucky's will get a trophy that looks similar to like the Heisman Trophy, and they'll also get a hoodie declaring them that they were the 2015 uh, Bucky champions. So that's one of the things we're doing. I see you. See you, son. I got some kids leaving and grandkids leaving. So uh, anyway, so uh, that that's what we're doing there. And uh, you know, I'm real excited about it. It's something that I wanted to try to do. You know, I've had that GameExchange.com set and empty for a long time, and trying to figure out something to do with it. But it's going to have a major impact in softball too, and what we can do inside the forum and stuff. But these are kind of things I wanted to do, and we're starting to knock out. Uh, my main concern, number one, security on the website for uh, viruses and stuff. Second concern, getting a operational backup. I was 100% sure I wouldn't have to go back to step A again. And then, of course, the next step was to try to recover the database. So so now this is being developed. This is something that, you know, actually Charles was, uh, you know, working on. And, uh, you know, so we was able to, to get it all tied together Sunday and, you know, we've already, I think we, I, I don't know, we don't have a lot of people signing up with it, but it doesn't really matter, you know, how many people sign up for it. But if you want a chance to win something, you know, go to that link, join. And one other thing, too, about that, um, at halftime during the game, we will actually post up all of the everybody's picks at halftime. And that way, at halftime, you can come and look and see how your standings are or how everybody else's standings are, kind of get an idea. It's a real important feature because if you're going to ever run something that's live scores or live stuff like that, you need something like that that works that way. So you'll be able to go in there and see how you're doing compared to everybody that uh, submitted that for that week. So anyway, Jeff, I know there's some things you want to talk about, and I've been running my mouth here for the last 15 minutes, and I need to give my my, my baby girl a hug, and uh, he's carrying my next grandson real quick. So what do you want to kick it off with? Yeah, there's several topics that you had a lot of discussion in the in the forum here this past uh, week or two, and uh, um, one of the ones that I wanted to talk about, and I asked a little bit ago before maybe everybody else joined in, if any of the people, any of the people that were uh, online wanted to talk about anything, and the one that came up was the uh, uh, the watered down thread, which we've had uh, quite a few posts to. Um, Bye. Just real quickly, the thread read, it was from, uh, posted by a wise guy, that uh, organizations need to take a look at their numbers and tryouts. If your numbers are low, you should fold. In my opinion, you do nothing but water down the game. You'll pick anyone up just to have a team. Then you get destroyed off season long. How fun is that for the girls? So that was the kind of the thread that started it. Um, you know, they're um, with uh, – you know, there's definitely some sentiment throughout the thread by several people that says, hey, you know, the more girls playing, the better. But uh, I was discussing it with, uh, I remember it was guest, guest six or seven or somebody here a little bit ago. And and uh, online here, we were talking about, I mean, you know, you still, there still is an issue, that, you know, 
you can debate about whether watering down is uh, is happening or not. Another question is: is it, is it good or bad? Um, um, you know, and, and I certainly want to open it up to people in the uh, in the chat room. Again, the, the the biggest opinion is, you know, the most prevalent opinion I should say was that uh, the more girls playing, the better. But uh, there's no doubt that I know one of the one of the people on the board said that, uh, you know. Gosh, it's pitchers in particular are real. You know, quality pitchers are hard to hard to find out there. There's not enough to go around. Pitchers in uh, particular are real. You know, quality pitchers are hard to hard to find out there. There's not enough to go around. Some feedback here. You there, Ricky? Yeah, I'm there. I actually think I think that they actually might be coming from. Uh, Actually, uh, uh, one of the listeners, I'm going ahead and mute them now. Is that better? Uh, I think so. I'll tell you okay, about there five you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I think it's fine. You know, I, you know what's what kind of interesting, because, you know, as we all know, you know, uh, we're going to be talking about the NSA here in a little bit. I, I, I kind of find this story kind of interesting because, see, I really don't think, it's as watered down as what people believe. I think what I, I personally think it's watered down by concept. And what I'm saying here is this. People look at the sport from one pair of glass. They don't look at the fact that, you know, there's a lot of kids at all different levels that participate in girls softball. They don't look at that. So if you're going to, of course, always look at the top, and never look at the the other end of it. You may actually think it's watered down. I don't believe that's a statement. I and I really can tell you that at the top level, if you just look at it all the time, you may actually think it is watered down. But I don't really believe it. I think, I mean, I think girls softball is booming. I, I think it's booming like never before. And of course, you now now what some other people might say watered down. I want to say yeah, there may be some shortages. Uh, maybe pitchers at different levels. There might be uh, maybe not quite as much talent on, uh, you know, say for one team, but spread out through many teams. You know, I don't really know if that's a bad thing. I really don't. I don't. The other, the other point that some folks made, I know Bowler's dad made a point around this, and quite a few people agreed that, uh, you know, maybe the thing that's watered down is the coaches. Um, so it's great that girls are playing, but is there really enough quality coaches out there? So I guess you could kind of apply it the same thing you apply to pitchers. We can we can apply to coaches. You know, are the people out there that are coaching these teams? And this kind of gets into the whole you know daddy ball you know e- equation here as well. But you know, if there's not really good coaching going around, then are the girls that are, that want to play and are playing are they are they getting a good experience? Are they going to want to continue playing the game, but they're really going to learn to play the game better or not. So um, I guess the love in here I mean, said the sport, is, the sport is not watered down. The girls who desire to play at a higher level will succeed in those, and those who do not will find their talent level. So I think that's kind of saying yeah. the same, same thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, anytime we come up with the discussion about there's a shortage of talent, you know, shortage of coaches, uh, you know, they usually say talent, they're talking, you know, uh, pitchers, 
uh, infielders, maybe like crucial infielders, like which I don't really can't say in the game nowadays. You can say there there really can be much of a weak link at a higher level, but I, I think a lot of times people just look at that at you know their conception. I, I really don't see nothing wrong with having teams that struggle every weekend uh, and play in tournaments. I, I don't really see that as an issue. I think I think if it's done correctly and the coaching staff handles it correctly, that I believe that it can come out to be a good experience. I do believe, though, that you can't have girls going and getting pounded on every weekend and playing way above their talent level. I believe that is a problem that coaches need to make sure they find a place to put their teams. I can be honest with you that one of the travel seasons when we first started out with the gold team, one of the things we did is we spread our season out to play really, really tough competition, like a Toledo, Cincinnati, down at Slugfest, uh, Pennsylvania. We looked for the tougher tournament, but we also had a couple soft tournaments in there mixed in, and we also had a tournament that I felt we could surely win just to make sure that my girls got the experience at all that year. I didn't want to, you know, that was my responsibility as a coach to make sure I made that happen. And if as a coach I decide not to, and I'm more worried about going out here, oh, yeah, I was at this tournament, or, oh, yeah, I played at this. There was 185 of the best teams ever in the world together. You know, when you have, you know, you need to be as a coach to take care of your team for what their team needs are. So, you know, I, I, was, I actually – Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, just for anybody that's listening in, that's maybe not in the chat room, uh, Guest 10 uh, made a couple points. He said, you know, I, I think it's watered down. Just just look at, go look at the team-looking pages. You get TTT bumps every five seconds. There are too many teams that can't find players. They end up taking anyone. Then the, then these rec ball-level teams enter better tournaments and get murdered. Um, and she throws heat, says, you know, too many dads thinking they can do better, better than their DD's current coach which ends up, you know, having too many, you know, too many teams. So, um, you know, definitely some sentiment in the chat room right now. Um, and, again, I, you know, I, you know, the first inclination is to say, yeah, you know, let them all play in that. But, a bit, I mean, I've been on the other end of it where, you know, had a, a, a pretty decent team. I, I would say I had a, a high-level B, low-level A team the one year, and we had a heck of a time you know, finishing finishing the roster off. And um, and then you had some of the players that were maybe going to be at the bottom end of the roster that were debating or, or leaving the team to go play on a, you know, to be a star on a, on a, on a, on a B or C level team. So, uh, you know, there's always kind of the law of supply and demand here, I guess. Um, I don't know if it's worse. It'd be interesting to know sometime when you, when you, if you're able to look at it, Ricky, are the are the teams looking for players, or are there more of those threads or posts this year, or, and than there is in previous years? I mean, it's it's there every year. For people that are new to it, they they see it and think it's crazy. But I don't know if it's any worse than it was any other year or not. I haven't followed it that closely. Right, I I can tell you that that section has barely changed over the years. The only reason it may seem like more right now, because believe it or not, I mean, it's even hard to believe that we actually have more 
active members than we've had for, I'm talking even before the crash, we actually have more active members than we've had for years. So that tells me there's a lot more people that is participating in the sport. Now, if they could be mm-hmm. a coach, a parent, or whatever, that's what that's telling me. Now, if I actually, if I really want to get a good, um, um, oh gosh, what's it called? Is that uh, a good idea how things are going as far as like, are there more players? Is there, you know, is is there less players? Is when we did the uh, the thing for players actually looking for teams, one reason we actually did that was because I wanted to kind of get an idea if the numbers of teams looking and the ter- numbers of people looking were actually should be parallel to each other, wouldn't you think? I mean, you'd think mm-hmm. the numbers would be pretty close. Maybe. I mean, you could make a case of if there's if the supply of because if the demand for players is more than the supply, then then no, I would say that you know if you're going to have you know you're going to be just the opposite of that. Right. Well, you're very good well, there. I'm going to have to give you the Sherlock Holmes awards because <laughs> what ends up because what ends up happening is that the numbers are actually about correct, right? For what we figured. I was figuring that I looked for every 10 teams that was looking for a player, I figured there would be at least two players looking for a team. And that ended up almost being, it's actually like 1.5 players. So now if you want to argue the point that there's a shortage of players, that we're talking about watered down. We ain't talking about a shortage here. We're talking about teams being watered down and they don't have no talent. They're not, not, you know, a top-level team. I mean, that's what we're talking about, but... Uh, no, I mean, uh, the numbers are pretty close to what I thought they would be. And as far as, like, how many teams, I can't right now. The TT thing is almost absolute to what it's been in the past, except for it's a higher number because there's more active members. So mm-hmm. when you have to take all that into consideration, it's kind of hard to look at. I do believe that the watered-down discussion is a very, very uh, – a long discussion. It's always been an active discussion on the forum. There's always been some kind of thread that's talked about, okay, not so much watered down, but maybe lack of players, uh, position players, utility players and that. But, I mean, you know, I, I basically, I, I, you know, Jeff, you yourself, if you came to me and said, man, this sport's just too watered down. What would you actually mean when you tell me that? I mean, I'm talking you and me, Jeff. Nobody else in the world, just Rick Moorhead, Jeff Baker, my play-by-play guy. When you tell me this sport's just too watered down, what is that going to mean from Jeff Baker? Yeah, to me that means that, um, you know, the talent level is is too dispersed and that there's no really strong teams out there. There's a, you know, a lot of mediocre teams because um, – you know, because of the town is all, you know, there's a lot of uh, parody and mediocrity out there. But, you know, somebody made a point on here, too. It's like, hey, your your top-level teams, your lasers, your bandits, and that, they're still going to have the best, you know, the best teams out there. They're going to be deep. It's kind of the next level down, I think, that that probably does, does struggle, you know, putting together a deep roster. Um, you know, be, be, if there is, if there are more teams out there, um, 
I don't know if I answered your question or not, but no, no. I, I just kind of wanted to know what your perspective of watered down would be, and I, I actually kind of agree with that perspective of watered down. I, I don't really know though at this time in history in softball if being watered down is that bad of a thing. That just means there's a lot more people out there playing, a lot more opportunities, and uh, you know that that's what I see. I mean, but you gotta realize I'm I'm looking at it from another perspective. I'm looking I'm looking at the growth of softball all the time, you know, and. Um, so to me personally, I I think it's kind of funny and interesting that you know we're actually talking about this that softball's on the big boom, and we're going to actually be talking about the NSA and some wacky stuff these guys have been doing and what they're trying to pull off. And I actually got some information we'll share for everybody too about that. So, but anyway, I think that I, softball is not watered down. I think it might be there might not be as many teams that people think there should be at the top. And I think Let's that's perfectly fine. You know, Gus Tenner alluded to, you know, about a month ago we were talking, and, and Joe, Coach Joe was on the team. We were, we were talking about some of the uh, uh, the tournaments he was scouting at and, uh, you know, a lot of 16U level teams, and he was talking about the fact that, you know, you know, where are all the pitchers at? And, you know, we got into this whole debate, or, you know, is there really less pitchers or is the hitting just better? And, and I think – you know, you know, maybe the question here is not if there's too many teams or not. Uh, maybe the question is, you know, maybe maybe we're what do we need to do to better better develop the shortages we have in the game? You know, why why aren't there enough why aren't there enough pitchers to go around? Why aren't there enough good coaches to go around? Is there something we can do to better develop coaches to better develop pitchers? Um, you know, I I had kind of had a premise before that I thought, you know, a lot of the, the pitchers, I think, you know, as the hitting's got better, a lot of the pitch, you know, a lot of the pitchers have, you know, the good athletes have gone gone the way of hitting in that. And, you know, the hitting gets better and the pitching gets, gets weaker. That was my my premise. But, um, you know, uh, I, I think that's – you can talk about there's too many teams, but the fact is those teams are – there's a lot of more girls playing and everything, but we just don't have a good balance maybe of, of all the positions, including coach. Um, you know, softball farm here made a point, uh, you know, if we want more pitchers, should, should tournaments institute maximum inning rules for pitchers? You know, right now you've got, you know, some of the teams that have the good pitchers, they pitch them all the time. And then you've got girls that are the number two, number three pitchers that are sitting there and get discouraged and decide to give it up. Like I'm just I'm gonna go I'm gonna go be a hitter. I'm gonna be a position player instead of putting all this time and effort into into pitching and and all the lessons and extra work and hitting and pitching. Um, heck with it, you know. So I kind of like what softball. I kind of like the fact that the softball firm said. I kind of like his comment in the chat room is that you know if we want more pitchers, the tournaments need to institute a maximum any rule for pitchers. And, uh, you know, I'm going to actually go out and say, you know, I agree with that 100%. If you want more pitchers, because because i tell you what I think happens. And I know when I was coaching, I didn't really have this issue that bad. But there was a there was chan- a chance or an opportunity that you may not get a pitch your cycle through 
on the weekend, right, like you're just playing like to try to get qualified to get a nationals, you might not actually get to your depth. So, you know, but in regular tournament play, you know, if you want more girls to actually pitch, because let's just face it, how many parents are going to go out and spend money for pitching lessons and all that to have their daughter be the number three pitcher on the team? And so, you know, that, you know, just talking about from the pitcher's point of view, hey, that might actually be a good way to get uh, more quality pitchers, uh, you know, involved in programs that they, the teams are forced to, to have the girls pitch more. I mean, of course, it's still going to take a very strong work ethic to become a good pitcher no matter what. But, you know, I kind of like his point of view on that. Even though we're talking about, of course, that girls softball is too watered down with mediocre teams, you know, where these are things we're pointing out and talking about. So, Jeff, what do you think about that? Well, no, I, you know, I say the same thing. I mean, I think that's a great point that Joe makes. Uh, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't it be interesting, Ricky, to if, you know, if somebody, if we had a tournament next year and somebody said, hey, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have inning limits, uh, you know, I bet a lot of the, a lot of the coaches would throw up, would throw up that. But, you know, I could see maybe some other coaches saying, hey, that's a good thing. I've got, you know, some girls that want to pitch and, and this is going to give them a chance to, to get some innings and, and, uh, you know, play against other teams where they're doing the same thing. Uh, you know, guess five said something about, you know, can kind of came from a baseball background and, you know, baseball tournaments always have that. And there's always the argument about, well, you know, pitching underhanded versus pitching overhand stress on the arm is, is no doubt is not as, as much in softball, but, but I still, I wonder about that too. I wonder about some of these girls that are throwing, I wonder about my own daughter, uh, you know, all the innings she, she pitched over the years, and I wasn't even coaching her. Um, you know, is, is someday is she going to have repercussions from that? But but the other thing is, you know, did we discourage, you know, you know by her or whoever doing all the innings, did we discourage and chase girls away from pitching? And, and so now that's what we end up with. We, we don't end up with a we, – we've got plenty of, plenty of girls that want to play ball, but they can't find teams that have – or the coaches of those teams can't find – can't find enough pitchers to go around. So I, I think that would be a pretty neat uh, concept to try in a tournament to have a, uh, uh, you know, a, a limit on the number of uh, innings that girls could throw over the course of a weekend. Yeah, I didn't realize Joe A. was on tonight. I didn't realize he was on tonight on the show. Uh, is, is Joe, is Joe uh, A. Someone is? posted. Oh, I think I think he's actually talking no. about remembers where the Denny player yeah, softball farm is his first name is Joe, so uh, okay. uh, maybe maybe people are getting confused with that. So I don't I don't yeah. think Joe's on. That would be an interesting concept. I actually like that. Uh, I tell you what, though, I think if you would try to do that in a tournament, that the first thing you're going to do is have problems. You're not going to get teams until later, because until somebody knows they have a solid rotation, uh, they're not going to show up. But I, I tell you something. Me and Rick Sherman was talking about this one time. If you were forced to have a rotation of pitchers, you would have to be a lot better coach a coach in order to make sure you rotated your kids correctly uh, on the mound to be able to be successful on the weekend. So, uh, you know, we actually had that conversation. I, I actually think it was up around uh, Bob Hamline's neck of the woods. We had that conversation that, uh, you know, if you actually did it like baseball, that, you know, you'd have to be pretty good. You'd have to really know your stuff coaching to make sure you knew your girls really well as far as, mm-hmm. like, 
you know, are they, is this girl better when it's cooler? You know, as the day wears on, can this girl last long? You know, you kind of have to know which ways to go. And, and, you know, of course, but think of this. If we actually, someone tried to do that, you know, you're going against probably every sanctioning body of rules that they currently have in place. So, you know, so right away you're going to have to write a special rule just to be able to do that, which I'll be quite honest, I, I like the idea. I really like it a lot. I, uh, you know, I would say right now I'd be the last person to step out on a limb and try it because I, I just don't think, I think, you know, uh, if you said, you know, let's just kind of break it down in typical tournament you play. If you win, you're usually in the eight-game count probably, maybe seven, eight, maybe a little deeper, but not much more deeper than that. So you basically would have to limit teams to uh, mound time of, uh, well, it'd be like four, like 27 innings a weekend, something like that maybe. Is that what you would have to do, 27, or you'd that's be down into 18? No, that would be, be lower than that, I think. Because that's, that's, you know, first of all, you know, most teams only go – with the time limits, most teams only go five, six innings anyhow. So, I mean, 27 innings would be, you know, five games. Um, so, well, I mean, I'm just kind of using fuzzy map, using like real game seven innings and that, throwing that number out there. But the number would be lower yeah. that. But I'm just saying, you know, you would end up with three pitchers. Now, of course, the strategy, everybody, and I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> the strategy would be this if I was coaching under that situation, I would be pitching my number three right out of the box, be my number we would start to start out with, and I would that would be my rotation, and uh, until I had to when I knew then I had to win, then I would change up my rotation well, and make some adjustments. Yeah, but that the rules though, like in baseball, there's not only rules about how many innings you pitch over the course of the weekend. But there's actually innings rules about you know how many innings you can pitch in a game or how many or if you can pitch back to back games. So so I mean, there's be ways to you know to, to, to maneuver it potentially. But but I think you know if you're going to be serious about it that you you know it'd be it'd be really interesting to see if if uh, you, you get teams to go for that. I, I think it's it's so different and and some some people would really protest it, but I, but I think, you know, that, that was, that's a really interesting concept to me. Now, I'm going to tell you, I know where this would work at, and I, and I really believe it would work, and it wouldn't be at the A level, okay? It's going to be around the C to B level would be where, because now, you know, that's also going to be them parents are, you know, still learning about the sports a lot in the younger age groups, and I think you could really pull it off with younger teams, as long as they weren't A teams. I don't think you could ever do it with A teams uh, because, number one, they're going to have the depth anyway in most cases, so they don't need a special pitching rule in place. But I think, you know, if we don't want, you know, because if we're talking about watered down and it ain't quite as much talent, you need a way to develop talent, wouldn't you, first, Jeff? I mean, don't you think you have to have something in place? If you're going to, If you think everything's watered down, you need some way to develop talent. And let's face it, most rec leagues overall, overall, you know, there are some that do, but they're not really point. You know, that's not really their objective to develop talent. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I really think something like that would work as long as it was like in the, like I said, maybe between C and B. But I think between B and A, 
it would be a tough sell. But yeah, you know, I'd be interesting for somebody to post that in the forum. Uh, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Hey, Joe, if you uh, you brought it up here, if you want to post something like that, I think that would be a. You know, I think even just pose it as a question would be a great discussion. If you don't, I I will in the next day or two. So. Yeah, I I really like that, and I think that's a really interesting point. So, you know, and uh, you know, I, I kind of think that would be an interesting, you know, kind of cross talk discussion in the forum as well, because it kind of you know aims at what we're kind of talking about. So, but anyway, I, I think I think we kind of covered that pretty good. I think it's time to move on. So, you know, Jeff. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and jump right in here and uh, jump in with both feet uh, on NSA. So, is that fine with you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, all I want to tell everybody is one thing. I want you, you know, if you want to know what NSA is doing, okay, I've, I, I can't, I have no knowledge, okay, I'm not a spokesman for the NSA, okay, and I'm not out to down NSA. I want you to go to the NSA website and tell me where Fast Pitch Girls Softball is on their site. Go look for it. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to get there and you're going to say, wait a minute, World Series, Series of Fast Pitch, Girls Youth League, this. Go try to find it. You know what, Jeff? I spent 15 minutes and never once found anything about Girl softball, except for how to register your girl to pay money to the NSA, okay, and become a uh-huh. and, and have your card. That's it, okay. I'm telling you right now, uh, I'm just really amazed that I, I don't even know why Mike Craig stayed with the NSA so long. I mean, I don't know. Is this something new that NSA just done decided? Hey, let's take all the girl stuff off there because you know we're making all our money with the men. And uh, the the co-ed leagues, right? Uh, I really don't know. I mean, I'm just going to go out on a limb on here and say, you know, if I'm really promoting girls' softball and I'm really interested in it, I guarantee you when you land on my website, you're going to see something involving girls' softball links to tournaments and stuff like that on my site. And I'll be quite honest, 15 minutes, nothing. So, Jeff, what do you think about that? Think of that, 15 minutes, I couldn't find anything NSA that I could really secure down about the future girls softball, softball tournaments or anything. So, okay, so what is the deal with NSA? <laughs> no, great question. I know that, you know, and, you know, Mike Craig, I mean, he, he's been a, had been a, you know, a good spokesman for them in Ohio, and I think he was fighting an uphill battle, and then uh, I think he just had enough himself, and, you know, he resigned, and he made note today that the Indiana director resigned um in the last day or two so i mean they're you know at least with terms of, of girls fast fishing you're right maybe they don't care maybe they you know maybe they're making all their money on men's softball and, and they're fine with that i, I, don't, I don't know um it, it's hard to believe with the with the growth that the girls softball has had but you know maybe maybe they're looking at it and saying you know what tgf coming on board we don't want we don't want to fight it um so um you know I, I know. I remember my daughter was playing. We played some some NSA tournaments every year, and we went to actually to the NSA A World Series a couple of years. Once once it was down at Berliner, and once we went down to uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and played. And you know there was 
it's not at the same was never at the same level as ASA was at that time, but it was it was a good level of competition. We played some really good teams, uh, the top teams of which you know could have competed in in ASA. So uh, you know, not not sure what happened. Um, you know, I think some people might look at you know the insurance thing, and you know, I know there's other organizations that have gone down that path, and they kind of you know some people might think that's an, an overreaction to it, but I think. You know, I think it's again, it's been kind of, it's kind of been bubbling up, and and it was just, as Mike said, I think it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. You know, and, and right now I'm sitting on the NSA's website. Okay, I'm looking at the founder and owner of NSA. I'm looking at his mugshot. Okay, it says welcome, welcome to PlayNSA.com, official website of the national headquarters. Okay. And I, and I don't really know why this is in there, OSC. I don't really understand that part, but okay. All right. Established in 1982 by Hughes Contrell in Lexington, Kentucky, the National Softball Association is a full-service organization that offers a division of play and level of competition that youth through adults can enjoy. Now, like I said, you know, I want to back up a couple steps here. I'm looking for girls softball. I want to play NSA softball. Show me how I can play. Show me how I can participate. I tell you, don't, go to the site. You ain't going to figure it out. You can't find a way to play NSA ball. So I, I actually think that what it is is that, and, you know, and I will be quite honest, I don't know if I don't blame them. Hey, would you really put, you know, would you put your eggs in one basket if it wasn't working out for you? I don't think so. But at the same time, you know, I really don't, I don't get it. I just, you know, like I said, I'm confused. Um, I, I really like what I just seen in the chat room. NSA stands for no softball. Uh, I actually thought that was kind of cute. But, you know, I really don't like the fact that NSA is not doing very well in Ohio, and that might go against a lot of people might like the fact that they're not or whatever's going on. I don't like it because I think it puts a void in your softball. We just got done talking about the game being watered down. We need some place for teams at other levels so they can play. You know, I'm really hoping, and from what, and I've had a long discussion with Mike Craig. I'm really hoping the USSA picks up that slack, and I believe with Mike's motivation and his drive and his focus, I, I believe that it's going to give a lot of opportunities for teams that are still developing talent and stuff, an opportunity to have great weekends and play ball and do those kind of things. Now, you know, this is something I, I, I want to talk about real quick here is that, you know, I actually was told a story about everybody realizes in NSA used to have the real series at Berliner in Columbus, Ohio. I mean, I know you do, right, Jeff? I'm sorry, I was responding to a thread here. What did you say again? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, my, my, remark, my remark was that, you know, NSA used to have the, the girls' world series used to be in Columbus, right? Yeah, yep. Okay. I actually was told a story about why they left there. And it happened. one of the reasons I was told, okay, and, of course, if anybody from NSA would like to join the show next week, I mean, I don't care who it is, even the founder. If you want to get on here and talk about NSA, hey, we'll, we'll invite you to come on board and discuss the future of girls softball in Ohio. I would love to have you come on board so we could discuss that. But when they were holding a real series there, from my understanding, they showed Columbus, the city, all their all this stuff they were doing, 
They give away all their 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 tricks and secrets on how they could raise money. So what ended up happening is, you know, Columbus is like, hey, we should be making that money. Now that now I'll tell you that's the story I heard in the back room. Uh, you know, I was surrounded by a couple guards when that story was being told, just to let everybody know. But that was the story I was told why they left Columbus. So, like I said, you know, kind of cloak and dagger stuff, people. So. Well, I don't think you're going to get any takers to come on and talk about it because I think I don't think there's anybody left. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's let's just step back. If I I did point this out for a fact because you know I really don't like to go back to a drizzly, rainy weekend in Tilltown. I don't really like going there, but I I just want to point out something. When that happened, I made phone calls, phone calls, phone calls, phone calls trying to get somebody to come on board to actually talk about, you know, what had happened there. So, but I could, I could not get any takers. So because of that, you know, at that point I decided, well, you know, if they're not really interested in discussing it or really, and they wouldn't really reply to any mail emails or anything about it. So, you know, I knew that if I tried today, uh, that what would end up happening trying to contact him and say, now I will try Again, between now and next show, hopefully maybe somebody from NSA will come on board and kind of talk to us and let us know what the state of um, NSA is going to be in Ohio in the future. But uh, like I said, I, I think that uh, where NSA's place was in Ohio is still there and available. But I kind of think that uh, you'll see U-Triple-S-A take up that slack and move out front with it. So that's yeah, my opinion good. on that. It would be interesting to try to get somebody on board, and you know, maybe even if it's one of the shows over the winter or whatever, just to, to say, hey, you know, you know, our our state believes in us. Hey, fast pitch is dead. You guys don't care about it. I mean, if you if you do, you know, you're welcome to come on the show and and talk. Oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, I actually now I can tell you, I wanted to do an NSA tournament. Okay, I wanted to do. My idea concept when I had a jamboree was to do like ASA, you know, NSA, you know, UTRIPSA, you know, just kind of go through all the different sanctioning bodies. But I found out really quick that I was never probably doing the NSA because it was it was going to cost so much to use the NSA to actually put on a tournament. Yeah, their umpires, their fees, everything I was going to pay was a lot higher than any other sanctioning body was, and by hot. A lot higher, it was almost two to one on cost. So there was no way I was going to do an NSA tournament. So, you know, but like I said, you know, I, I really feel that in this state, Ohio, anyway, U-TRIP-SA will pick right up. And, uh, you know, Mike Craig's like a, been a great motivator. And I thought he was doing a lot of things with NSA and moving the right direction. So it would be kind of interesting. I really would hate to, to be the person trying to fill that position uh, or get a foothold back in this state uh, with NSA, I think that would be a tough uphill battle. So, yeah, a lot yeah, of tournaments have already made a lot of other tournaments have already made their switch already. Tournaments that were NSA tournament, a lot of them are already made to switch over to other organizations. So, yeah, well, Mike, Mike certainly knows who they all are, and I'm sure, I'm sure Mike's reaching out to them to try to bring them on board there. So. You know, probably some of them will end up going the way of PGFs too, because PGFs, you know, 
uh, being more aggressive in that, in that regard. So uh, there, we've had the same discussion in the past about ASA, uh, though it, you know, not as not as significant, not as uh, drastic, I guess I should say, as, as this whole thing with NSA. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I got to actually reply to a message real quick. I just got shot. Just got sent a message. I'm going to check real quick and see if it was from NSA. Hang on a second. Uh, nope, no, it wasn't from NSA. I thought I might have got a message from them and tell me they want to come on board next week on the show. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway. Uh, we had a so, question here. Is, the question is to whether is CGF a lot more expensive to enter a tournament than ASA or USSA? I, I guess I don't know the answer. If anybody uh, out there you know, happens to know that, feel free to speak up. I, I know... Some of their national tournaments, I believe, are more expensive. But I, we've, I've seen that debate before too, because some of them, some of them will charge more for the team. Some of them will charge more for gate fees. Uh, I, I remember that argument about a year ago around uh, PGF and ASA. I think so. I'm not sure on a week-to-week basis. Um, my sense is, is that PGF was a little more expensive, but I'm, but I'm not sure. So feel free to answer that. The other thing that's kind of come up there while we were talking about the uh, the insurance requirements is uh, some people were talking about, you know, and there was an interesting thread in there about the uh, uh, state of play requirement that more and more tournaments are going to, especially a lot of the showcases where if you're going to, in, in order to sign up for the tournament, you've got you've to gotta sign up to stay in, in the hotels that they've uh, recommended and referred and, you know, probably getting a kickback from, you know, so, you know, a lot of people don't like that, but, but, uh, it seems to be a way things are, things are evolving. You, back when you were coaching, Ricky, you probably didn't see too much of that, did you? Uh, the only, the only event that I was aware of, and since I actually did all our tribal arrangements for, not only for, uh, my program, uh, I did them for the Red Runner programs, too. I made all the travel arrangements for all the girls and the parents every weekend. And the only reason I did it because I had been traveling to travel softball for you know a few years uh, when Rick Sherman started doing travel ball uh, at, you know, at, a higher, at a higher level. So uh, one of the things I can tell you is the in St. Louis at the Golden Nationals, uh, they didn't really force you to stay at a certain motel, but they kind of let you know that uh, – um, you know, they had hotels that were conveniently picked out at lower prices uh, for us. So, you know, of course you would go with that and stay. And, uh, you know, uh, you'd have to rent a vehicle usually if you flew in, right, to, to travel. But uh, that's really yeah, the only term I ever remember that had to. It was more like you didn't have to, but it was highly recommended. Yeah. The, uh, and, you know, there's been some tournaments, directors in the past that have that have helped out the teams, especially in areas where maybe there's it's harder to find, you know, good hotels and, and you know, in some cases they've maybe even reduced the cost. But I think what we're talking about now is is, you know, kind of a getting a monopoly on, on it and then I'm I'm pretty sure that the tournaments are getting a, a, a kickback from the uh, either from the hotels or from the people doing the booking of the hotels. Uh, to do that as, as another form of making money. Now, you could argue, well, if they don't do that, they might charge more for gate fees or they might charge more to enter the tournament. But, you know, I, I personally, 
have an issue with people telling me where, you know, what hotel, you know, I've got to stay in, uh, and what hotel my team has to stay in. And people, people don't like to be told, you know, I, I'm maybe at a point A, this is America. I stay, stay the heck where I want to stay at. So, uh, but, but tournaments are going that direction. So, you know, how, what do, what do we do about it? What do we, you know, do we, people not, uh, you know, a lot of the showcases are the ones that are doing that. Do they say, hey, we're not going to go to these showcases because these have, have, these, have these requirements uh, or not? So, Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't really see, I, I don't really see, like, big sanctioning bodies that are doing what they're trying to do. I mean, I hope everybody does understand kind of what's going on with girls softball. Okay, girls softball is, if you're in the right place, it's a big money. It's a it's a money machine. I mean, I know people probably think I'm crazy saying this, but you don't think all these sanction bodies are doing all these things and stuff because they can't make money at it. I mean, you know, I I, I get everything you yeah, sanctioning bodies and they do it for this and that, but you know, the bottom line is that if these sanction bodies and organizations can't make money, they can't do all you know and make decent money. They can't do all the great things they're doing for their girls. So I think there's a little bit of a divide line there where, you know, like, okay, I have to pay to stay in the bed, and it's going to cost us extra $20 for the weekend uh, or cost us so much extra. And percentage of that goes back to the tournament or whatever sanction body's putting it on their tournament directors. But, you know, like I said, you know, you only get what you pay for. So I think you're going to find out, like, in these events that people ever want to go to, the demand is so high for people to want to, you know, they want to participate there that, you know, you, you're just going to have to uh, realize that's kind of part of your, your entry fee, you know, all the other stuff you're going to pay to have to be allowed to do. And like I said, I'm going to say it's a bad thing. So. Yeah. I already made a point. Um, and, and I know this was in the forum as well. I'm not sure if it was her or somebody else, but says, you know, all, all will take us some kind of an accident or the like at a mandated hotel and the tournament getting named in the lawsuit for it to stop. So, um, you know, you know, some of these hotels, I mean, they might be, could be in a bad, I'm not saying that they, I'm sure they don't try to pick ones in bad areas. I'm sure they try to pick them in nicer areas. Uh, but, uh, you know, somebody's going to have a problem at, at some point and, uh, and, uh, maybe, maybe that'll bring it, bring it to a head here and, See what happens. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of, you know, I, I kind of think that, you know, if you're going to play, you know, if you choose to play in a tournament, you know, you're going, you know, and according to my level, I, I'm telling you right now, and I'm just looking from my point of view. You know, if I have a team of girls that are all Division One quality players, or, or at least all of them have a legitimate shot at playing Division One, you know, if I had to pay extra money for motels or and we have to absorb some costs that we really don't want to absorb, or we have to pay a fifteen to $2,000 fee to be in a tournament because I know I want to have hundreds and hundreds of college coaches that are going to get to see the kids they want to see. Now, I'm telling you right now, we're paying the money and going. And we're yeah. not going to be disappointed about it. We're just going to say that's the cost it's going to take to get that done. So uh, I, I do kind of like some of the comments on the forum are kind of funny that you, know, you don't really like to be forced to stay somewhere and then you have to have, uh, you know, cockroaches running around, or you know, or or a bad, you know, not sanitary bathroom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, I'll be honest, I've had that happen just in my regular travels. 
So I don't think yeah. it really. <laughs> so you know, even though I think the points are funny, uh, you know, the thing is, I, I can tell you many experiences in the years, and I've stayed in a lot of motels over the years and do a lot of traveling. That my experience is that for about every ten nights good stays you're going to have, you're going to have about one bad stay. So that's just you know part of it. So. And I, you know what I got to say at that? I would make sure, you know, if you're staying in a motel like that, it's evident that them rooms are probably being farmed out because they're really cheap to the tournament directors. You know what I'm saying? Because most, most tournament directors like, would not want to put their people in them type of hotels. So, but anyway, I think all the comments they're, they're throwing out there are pretty funny and, you know, and, and, and the humorous at the same time. So, but anyway, I, I just think that's the future. That's the price it's going to be, Jeff, to participate and play at the highest level, there's going to be a premium price tag for it. So Yeah, yeah probably so, so. I mean, honestly, if I was coaching nowadays, which, you know, I'm really kind of glad I'm not, but if I was coaching, I, my whole perspective on what I would try to do and get achieved might be differently driven than a lot of other people's. You know, because right. I would probably... And I, and I want to bring up a point here. And we talked about this on the show a while back that even colleges are tending to get their players more regional than as far as, you know, than as far as, you know, like they're not really looking to get players outside of their region as much. And mm-hmm. I think John Kelly actually made this comment that he sees the future of girls softball growing, but he sees it being more regional and the girls coming from regional areas and going to schools and colleges that are closer to home. And, and you know the top players stay more closer to home, uh, you know playing in Division Ones and other schools. And, and you know basically we're talking about the cost of doing all this stuff. I could really see where that could really become a true situation, just mm-hmm. because of the true mm-hmm. cost. So, but anyway, anything else we can cover tonight and drive our listeners crazy with you? Yeah? <laughs> um, I'm about talked out. I have to actually have to run in the next five or ten minutes myself anyhow, but uh, you know, I think we hit some, some good topics. Uh, it, just for anybody that joined us late, you know, we are, uh, and hasn't seen it in the forum, we're planning to do kind of one more weekly show here as the uh, travel and the triad season winds down, and then uh, uh, then we plan to go to a monthly show after that until until college softball gets going, you know, up in, in, in February, March. But uh, I thought it was a you know, I guess 13 is a good conversation. I think it was a good show, a lot of interesting things to talk about. And uh, I know Joe said he's going to post something tomorrow about this, uh, uh, you know, this question about, you know, innings maximums. And uh, I think that could be a, a pretty interesting uh, thread we might be talking about a week now. Yeah, I actually think, you know, here's my thing. Joe posts that up on the forum. And I'm telling you right now, if that thing doesn't get like a hot cake, I'd be kind of disappointed because, but the other thing, I guess, and here's the kind of way I look at the forum sometimes, when you see a thread up there that doesn't really get much action or replies, it's usually because people don't really don't really think that's something that should be done or they're not really that interested in it. So, but anyways, I think that was, I think it should be really, really hot. So, hey, one more time, just let our listeners know, hey, if you haven't got a chance to get over to Bucky's, you know, I got the stuff there on the website. Get over and join so we can have some fun competition between everybody. Uh, just to let everybody know that even though you have to use your real name to sign up, 
your real name is not going to be showing when we actually post the the um, standings and stuff up. Uh, your username will be up there. And we actually changed it now where we have to have your email address, but and that's because we had to have some way to contact winners. So, but anyway, I hope everybody gets a chance to get over there and sign up and have some fun and do that. And, uh, Jeff, you know, I'm looking forward to next week, uh, capping off another great season and moving to our monthly format till uh, next year or so. Uh, for now, I think it's just time to say goodbye to everybody. And, uh, hey, who knows, maybe next week NSA will get on the show with us. Who knows? <laughs> That'd be interesting. Good night, everybody. So pack up your bags and get them in your car and get out of here. This show's over, and good night. Good night.